God gave us belt loops so we know how high to raise our hands in church. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's pastor share their messy attempt at raising a Christ-centered family. We may not know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen, here with my husband, dun-da-da-da. Joel. You really hesitated on husband there. I was trying to think of something clever. This week. <laughs> you haven't been demoted as far as I'm you aware. You were trying to think of something clever and I didn't come to mind. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's where we are. Today we are talking about worship, specifically how to get the most out of worship when you're honestly not really sure what you're doing while you're worshiping. And we're going to. Spoiler alert none of us are. Yes. But mostly we're talking about worshiping through music. Um, worship really applies to the whole worship service, right? But we're talking about that like little W worship, specifically how you worship through music. So what kind of music? What do you do with your body? How do you feel about it? And that kind of stuff. But before we get to that, let's do the family check-in. Joel, how you doing? I was doing really good until you started doing weird things with your teeth over there as soon as you stopped talking. And they it feel was my grimy. Turn. Other than that, I'm doing okay. I mean, I have a cold and the, the kids are all colds and, but it's Halloween. The kids, I don't think our kids have colds. Do our kids have colds? I mean, they did last week, which made them cranky. It like, got them off their sleep cycles. What kind of cold? What kind know. of cold do you imagine they have? Coughing had? and snotty runny noses? I have not cleaned a snotty runny nose in a week. Man, all I've been doing is cleaning snotty runny noses. Well, they must and be only coughing and sneezing and for you. And they coming. And I'm tired. They have been sleeping in our bed. That I affirm. Ugh. The rest of it I feel like is crazy. No, that's that's a lie. They've been sleeping in their winter bed. I've been sleeping in their <laughs> bed this whole time. And that's my bad. I should just move to the guest room for the winter. Other than that, I'm doing great. You know why they're in our bed. Because you keep the house at 65 at night and they have to find warm body heat in order to not die. It's 69. No. No, it's not, Joel. All right. So we just went on a break for the podcast to check our schedule. And it does, in fact, go down to 65 it's in the middle fine. of the night. We're plenty warm. They're just, not coming in because they're cold. Just they come so we're in all in the clear, summer, too. I was, I was correct and you were wrong. Other than that, how are you doing? I am... I just am busy. It's Halloween week and we just had a bunch of just stuff happen. It was my friend's birthday on Monday and Dane had his first field trip today. And then Dane had a makeup gymnastics class today. And then we have Halloween parade at elementary and then Halloween parade at preschool. And then we have Halloween tomorrow. And then we have our last soccer game on Friday. And then we have our soccer party on Friday night. Just like, I just want to kind of sit around and watch baking show and got a marriage to plan, a wife to kill and Gilder to blame. Yeah, it's just I it's not swamp. Nothing is so bad. It's just like like I did it and I'm and I'm and I think that this is like just me. I'm afraid that I'm going to forget one of the things. And so I'm kind of just living in a level of low like low anxiety. Um 
because I'm afraid that I'm missing something. Also, a lack of sleep will kill you. And we haven't been sleeping. Did we mention that? Oh, it's like... I forget because it also messes with your memory. <laughs> small, like two and a half foot space that we now have um, to sleep in. Well it's being been, kicked. It, while not... Oh, that's adorable. That's fun that you're getting kicked. I have people who think that it's appropriate to sleep on top of me. It's and, not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Let's move on to our topic. <laughs> Today we are talking about the way we worship through music and why it came up. Last year, we established a kids church and I was out of the main worship service. I felt very disconnected from worship kind of already, mainly because I had kind of moved past the point spiritually. We're just showing up in the room and doing the thing was enough. I didn't really understand what we were doing in worship and why. And it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, if I'm this far in, I should know why we're doing this. Like, I should I'm know. To take the blame for that. I, I think, think it, that's I mean, it's mostly my... your fault. But a lot has happened in the both in the last year for both you and I, I would say. You and me. You and I. You and I. And I wanted to share um, the kind of transformation we've been through and what we've learned about worship. So the first question is, Joel, what is worship to you? Well, what I learned in Sunday school last week no two weeks ago from my son is that it's rolling out the red carpet for god you but it's... stole my answer <laughs> no i stole his answer that you taught him actually I, I did not teach it to him i don't even think i mean it's being near god it's being with god's people and getting closer to god worshiping god you cannot on... no mm-mm. you can't define worship by saying that it's worship i can too <laughs> And M. It's, but it's not just worship. It's big W worshiping God and right praise and doing those things that bring you closer to God, remind you of. But isn't just taking care of the poor, doesn't that bring you closer to God? We're that's worship. Why? Okay, why do you worship through music? That I can't particularly tell you. I think it's just tradition. Okay, so this is why. Um, I'm going to give you the more fully formed answer of also, rolling out I the red carpet for God. Also, closer to God. Okay. So rolling out the red carpet for God, you roll out the red carpet for the person who is especially important and especially welcome. Um, so when you are with your church proclaiming God's goodness and saying that God is the Lord of your life and that God is important, you're basically proclaiming to yourself, to uh, God and to your church community that God is the one who is in charge and that God is absolutely welcome in everything that you do. So it's kind of that weekly proclamation that we're all in this together. I'm in this with God and I'm in this that he's in charge. The next question is, speaking of old churches, what is your background in worship through music? What kind of music did you worship to as a kid and what did it look like? It, what we would call now traditional music but at the time it was pretty cutting edge <laughs> I think... uh there were stringed instruments other than the harpsichord um <laughs> i actually don't think i would call what what you grew up with i'm sorry when i came into it um i would call it like 70s folk christian That's music pretty traditional now no, well uh, when we sang a lot of hymns a lot of green book yeah. hymns yes that's true. which is pretty traditional it was certainly joyful, but not necessarily enthusiastic. I, you know what I'm thinking about is it's not that it 
it wasn't traditional. It's that it wasn't high church. It's not high church, but it was certainly traditional. It was super country church. Um, well, there <laughs> was also way. the country service, which was less traditional, but I didn't go to that one because I didn't enjoy it. But yeah, slam. Pretty, well, I mean, it's just not my style of music. Yep. Also, the pastor was lame. Huh? The pastor was my dad. Uh, <laughs> I just had to say that for the people listening who were like, I can't believe he said that. It was a more subdued, very like northern Scandinavian style of church. There wasn't a lot of waving of hands or dancing of feet. It was very much a God gave us belt loops so we know how high to raise our hands in church kind of church. I've never seen anyone with their hands like open below their belt loops either, though. Now, some people did the like swaying thing, but we weren't. It's just it's not a they aren't an excitable people. I think this is so funny because your mom always jokes about how like you can't or won't dance because your dad is like that. But ever since I've known you in worship and I'm I've been a dancer since like, I'm sorry, I'm not a dancer, but I am a person that always moves when music is going. And you were always like, even from when I first started going to church, totally game to like move with me, whether it was just to make me more comfortable or not. You were not limited in that way, the way you're expressing that you were limited in that way. I never said I was limited. I got moves. <laughs> you do. It's not really our topic today, but it's always a good time to remember the wise words of the theologian Carly Simon. This song ain't about you in that I don't like dancing particularly. I'm not a dancer. I'm not someone who enjoys dancing. Oh, you're a great dancer. Mm. Mm. But this song ain't about it's not about me it's not about making me comfortable in church it's not about what i like in church we just discussed i like a traditional service where we all keep our hands in our pockets you guys should have seen him this sunday that's not the party (laughs) um so i started in that world um, of that folksy 60 70s um green lutheran we should clarify lutheran there's like the green lutheran book and the red lutheran book the green hymnal whatever um, Which is controversial, because really, if you want to be traditional, you do red hymnal. And if you're being real crazy, you do blue hymnal, which is like from the 90s. And like, I mean, now we're just... Mm. <laughs> so I came to our current church, um, which has a more high church service than what we were used to, and a much more contemporary service than what we were used to. And we started going to that traditional church service, um, even though it was a little more high church than we were used to. They did like the like sung... Kyrie eleison and all that stuff. When we started doing, when I started to be more involved and more, and there was more growth, um, I think that I found that I found that connection to God through the bridges and the chorus of music. Um, when you know, when there's a bridge that just repeats like Jesus is good, Jesus is good. That gave me enough time to sit somewhere and kind of actually think about the truth of that statement and. And think about God in that moment was opposed to da, 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 and like thinking about all the words and the melody. It's like when I'm just repeating the same thing over and over again, that helps me to connect to God. You find God at the bridge. I find him at the bridge. Then I read Mark and I kind of became very disdainful about anything um, traditional in worship because my reading of Mark was that Jesus was like, what are you guys doing to my church? And um, that anything that became bigger than him or anything that became bigger than God should be thrown out. And I had the feeling that there were certain traditions that were, in fact, bigger than God. Not bigger than God, but had become idols that we were putting before God. Thank you. Important clarification. Definitely when you talk about style of worship, 
especially for someone who has a long background. I have a long background in worship. My entire life is a background in worship. Things become nostalgic. Things become what we do. Things become, well, it's what we do. It's what we've always done. It must be the correct way to do things. Things become, you can't change it. That's ungodly to change it. You can't sing those songs. They're not godly. Oh, the song called Your Great Name, where the chorus is, Jesus, your name is great, and we love to call on your great name. Yeah, but it's you play it with the wrong instruments, therefore it's up the devil. <laughs> it's really easy to tap into that, Yeah, especially when you have a long background. One of the things that while I was kind of on this road of development was that I, I have always been somebody who has moved in worship, but I have always been around people who don't. We went into a tradition that didn't move. We went into a church that didn't move or raise their hands or express themselves or that the people who did were definitely the outcasts during worship. Like that was the weird thing to do. There were two big things that opened this up for me leading into the establishment of our, of our kids worship service. And, and that was we did our Ignite weekend where our pastor did a sermon about kind of the biblical basis for dancing and raising your hands and shouting and praise those things that we had seen done at other churches be like, yeah, I know you guys think that's weird, but that's what the Bible says to do. And then we read Chris Tomlin and Darren Whitehead's book, Holy Roar, um, which talks about seven words um, about seven words for worship in the Bible and explains what basically um, we are not just allowed, but called to do in worship. And both of those things gave me permission um, to break the mold of of the church that we were in. And then the kind of last step in this evolution was that when we started doing a kid's church service, I realized that I was the one literally leading worship. And I could either teach the kids to stand stock still and stare. I mean, that's not fair. I could either teach them that they shouldn't be expressive with their hands um, and their bodies or that they should. And the only way I was going to be able to teach them that they should was by modeling it turned up 10 times what I would even do. You could either teach them that the way they interacted with God and the way they found joy in church was wrong, or you could encourage them to find joy in church the way they find joy in church. And they're different. They find joy in church in a different way than I do. And so you have to Not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them are introverts and some of them like to sing and sway, but a lot of them like to move and dance. And so we started doing a lot of moving and dancing in kids church. And here's the thing that we learned when you do two services every week and you do three songs and in each one of those three songs, you are throwing your body around trying to inspire kids um, to feel like they're safe to express themselves in worship. Um, You become pretty used to expressing yourself in worship. I thought you were going to say you get tired. No, you do get (laughs) exhausted. But at the same time, it's like when I took every month that I spend leading worship in that way with my body, every time I go back into our regular worship service, which is still, it's certainly changing, but it's still pretty subdued. um, I'm able to overcome my hangups about the fact that nobody else is raising their hands around me because I'm so used to having my hands up that it feels silly not to. And it feels inauthentic not to. And the reason it started feeling inauthentic when I would, um, I listen to worship music while I'm setting up the room. 
and I'm sitting in there and I'm like screaming every song as I'm going in and I'm sitting there and, and, and after a few months of leading worship, I started like, you know, kind of pumping my hands and raising my hands as I was singing and, you know, plugging in the Apple TV or writing something on the whiteboard. And then I would go into the worship service and I wouldn't act that way. And I'm like, why are you worshiping God with that kind of joy and expression in private, but are unwilling to do it in a public setting? Um, Peer pressure. And so we've changed a little, I think. When you, I don't think I've changed as much as you. I don't know. When you worship today, what does it look like? Well, what it looks like and how I feel are different mm, things. Because the question on the paper says, how do you feel about worship today? Not how do you look? And how I look is, I look like a good sheepdog. And I am the shepherd? No. You are definitely a sheepdog. God is the shepherd. Mm, in this circumstance, Jesus is though. the shepherd. And he said, those are my sheep. Lead my sheep to me. I'm leading the sheep. Yeah. And especially Sorry. with kids. I'm the one that taught you the dance moves. That's what I meant. I'm the head yeah. sheepdog. And you're right. You got With kids, you got to go nuts or it doesn't count. They will see that you think it's not cool or you're not enjoying it. And so you've got to enjoy it. Do you really you do or not. not think it's more fun to dance than when, in, when you're just standing there singing? I Fun and worshipful are different. I almost cry every time we like do worship. Like if, if it's. Me too, but that's because of my joints. I. <laughs> I enjoy it. I like to sing loudly. I enjoy being loud. Yes. I like to be loud. Me too. But even at the example people always give is, well, at a sporting event, you wouldn't, you know, you do this or at a concert, you do X. I'm like, no, at a concert, I stand there and I, I sing. I'm not a concert person either, but at a sporting event, I, I scream and jump. And, I do and do yell. some hopping, but none of your dance moves involve hopping. You hate hopping. I hop in Romans 10, 9. <laughs> we, oh my gosh, everybody else would but, disagree with you. You know who disagrees with you is our new worship leader who has helped. She's been great mm-hmm. at kind of moving the church in that direction. So shout out to her. But I'm still not a dancer. I'm still not. That's not how I would a- do it in church. I wouldn't just because it's not my tradition. It's not who I am. And I think that's okay. Where I've come to, where I've changed is from you're doing it wrong to, hey, you got your hands up, you're singing, you're dancing, you're rolling in the aisles, rock on, you do you, man. Which I wouldn't have, I think, 10 years ago if I saw someone raise a hand oh, in church. Oh, 10 years ago, that's very generous. If I saw someone raise a hand in church, my reaction would be, uh, Pastor, we have a question. There's a question. Oh, that, uh, that was not 10 years ago. and I actually It's po- still a funny joke. I just, I'm okay with it now. I've come to, hey. It's not You're my party. Okay with it. Well, sorry. Emotionally, yes. I'm not. I don't react to it in a negative way. I, I'm still not a dancer. I'm still not a emotional person. I don't shout. I don't scream usually. You do. You do sing very. You're just like me that way. We both like when we're in worship. We like to sing really, really loud. I only have the one volume. I have to do a lot of but editing on this podcast to get us down to a reasonable level. And that's. I mean, that's really. I haven't changed much. Of how I worship and how I feel when I worship and how I like to worship. I think I have definitely changed in what styles of worship I think are important and acceptable. Ooh, acceptable. Yeah. Interesting. I'm very expressive and I'm unembarrassed by it. You know, I was thinking back to like when I I used to be, I am not a cheerleader, but when I used to swim, I used to like to scream cheers and I used to get such a like, like connection with my teammates out of that 
And I've always been somebody who liked to like get riled up. I like being riled up. I feel connected through being riled up with with other people. And um, now I feel connected through being riled up with God. But I have come to realize, too, that that like what you were saying, everybody has their own way of connecting with God. And that's cool. It's acceptable. It's acceptable. But the question is, if we are going to build churches that attract new people, what kind of expression are we going to have and what kind of music are we going to play? And I've come to the conclusion that it's not that I I reject people's ability to worship through traditional music. It's just that as people's frame of reference is less and less traditional, it's going to be harder and harder to connect with newer and younger Christians through traditional music. And my heart and your heart are on bringing more people in. And no, that does not mean we should ignore older people. And no, that does not mean that those older people's method of worship is invalid. But when we have to do a cost-benefit analysis, we have to look at bringing up the next generation. And, and that's why I think we tend to lean towards not necessarily, I do like more contemporary music now, but that's not necessarily where you are, but that you push it because we want to build up the next generation. And that's where mm-hmm. our, our heart is. And not even changing what we do theologically. We're just talking about the paint on the walls. The, the organization of the service the bridge and the, style and the of chorus worship because because that's really what it that's what it is right like hymns don't have a bridge and a chorus hymns are four verses that go up and down and I was like three oh. verses you sing verse one two and four I I felt connected when I started singing music that I had like a cultural reference for I'm like yeah, yeah bridge and chorus and if you want to catch fish you got to use worms. Just to look real quick at that Holy Roar book, um, by it's by Chris Tomlin who wrote. Uh, I think it's I could look in the book. Here I am to worship. Like he, there's a bunch of them that are that if you sang them, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that guy. Um, in fact, the book even goes back and forth and talks about the writing of a lot of the songs. Um, but he talks about when he went from being kind of a buttoned up kind of guy to a hand raiser. He goes to a church. He gets. He watches it kind of go down in a very emotionally expressive church. And then he's in his car. I pulled up to a stoplight. And in that moment, while waiting for the light to turn green, I was overcome by the goodness of the power of God. Without a second thought, I took my hands from the steering wheel and lifted them. It was the most natural expression. And in that moment, I knew it. I'd become one of them. I'd switch teams. I have absolutely have that, had that moment, um, both in the car and in my room by myself. Um, when no one was watching and no one was there to uncomfortably laugh at me or to dart eyes in my direction, I was like, oh, this is so good. And I would just like put my hands up in the air and then like kind of <laughs> scream the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, this is why people do this. And the reason I don't do this is because I'm worried about what people are thinking, not because of what God thinks of it. And that's a real problem. Peer pressure. So um, I love this book because it is um, it. For somebody who is in one of those traditions that is very buttoned up and is hands below the waist and all of that, it sounds dirty. Um, <laughs> um, but this is um, a book that gives you permission by, it basically talks about seven words for worship and um, kind of tells you the different ways that God talks about and the examples that God gives of worship in the Bible. And the first one is, I'm going to, I think I wrote down all the right pronunciation, so I'm going to do my best. Um, Yada is to re- revere in worship and extend with extended hands. 
How do you feel about hand raising, Joel? Still not into it. It's not. It the it doesn't say you have to, mm. and it doesn't say they have to go up. I'll extend. Them. You're right. Extending them down would extending technically them down as um, far as they will go. Uh, it's just not me. Here's what I think. It's like for me, God made me expressive, and God made me just a lot. He made me a lot for a lot of people, and it's off-putting to people. But for me, this makes sense, and it feels right, and it feels like I can understand why this is one of the ways of expressing because it it literally feels right for you. And I think you kind of said this earlier. God has made you whatever you need to be to bring people in. So you may never feel the connection to God through raising your hands, but you raise your hands because you might be giving somebody else permission to make that connection. And I think that that's equally as valid and important, if not as emotional. Also, I've been told I can be a lot with my hands in my pockets. (laughs) That is true. The next word for worship that they use is halal. This is one that we both nail, and it goes along with what we are just saying, which is being foolish for God. It's where, it's the root of the word hallelujah. It's kind of that like cheering for a sports team or like what we do with the kids, which is we've realized that like when we're leading worship with the kids, whatever we're doing has to be 10 times as big as what we want the kids to do. So if we want the kids to raise their hands like above their ears, we have to raise our hands all the way up into the sky and start jumping like desperately. It is that same thing of like, first of all, that feels fine to me. But also that we're willing to be foolish for God in that moment is good and in and, and empowering for the kids. But then also it's uh I mean, I think it's good and empowering for us too. Thus saith the Lord your God, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's my fave. <laughs> um it's... I hope it's really true because I'm like way ahead of most adults in that way. <laughs> and if it's a contest to heaven, I'm winning based on that verse. Another one is Barak, which is about kneeling. And I just thought this was funny because you always make fun of how repetitive my dance moves are. That whenever there's like a light, like a moment talking about baby Jesus or a moment where like the music comes down, I always have the kids like kneel. Like that is one of my dance moves. And then I read this book and I'm like, ha, that was the Holy Spirit giving me that dance move because it's a real thing. Repeat. (laughs) Okay. I don't have that many moves. I don't know if that's the kneeling they mean, but it's, yeah, kneeling is good. I like kneeling. Well, it's just, I think anytime that you're like compelled to like get down and and humble yourself, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what that, that when we hit that point in the, in the music where it's like, can you believe that he did this for us? Um, That's when I always have the kids kneel. (laughs) It's a good call. The next one is, I'm hoping it's Talila, a spontaneous song. Hmm. I don't see you throwing out like a a hallelujah in the middle of a worship song. No, but I spontaneously sing worship songs sometimes, That's especially true. Romans 10, 9, which I can't Romans get out of my 10, head ever. Romans 10, yeah. Romans 10, 9. So this is something that um, our current worship leader has been working with us on is the idea that like you can, in a worship service, throw out your own little, like what God is saying to you. You can sing it. You can hum it. You can ooh it. You can speak scripture while the music is going. And um, this is this is a hard one to overcome for a more buttoned up church. She's working really hard to get us out of our shells. It's all shell. I will say that a lot of the reason that this is 
a problem is because I feel like it's bringing attention to myself and not to God. And I just need to feel like it's something from God and not something about me. And um, I haven't gotten there yet. And I think that that's a lot of people's roadblock on this one. A few of the other ones are Zamar, which is about music making, Todar, which is about praising with expectation that God will come through. So that's like basically like, God, we praise you for bringing this miracle that, by the way, hasn't happened yet. So it's kind of like that anticipatory praise. And Shabak, which is shouting, which I had to like teach you to like stop laughing when people did this in service like six months ago. I don't even think you realized you were doing, but every time anyone would be like, amen, you'd be like, (laughs) can you not? It was so surprising. I didn't know how else to react. But every single time you would be like, (laughs) like, or like make an uncomfortable noise. And I'd be like, I don't know if you know you're doing this, but every time somebody responds in worship, you laugh at them out loud. Um, Quietly to myself. mm, I can hear you. So... But All what, well and good for extroverts. Yes. Um, what about our introverted? What about our quiet friends? I have always been really concerned, not just with introverts, but with people who are not particularly musical. Like, I love worship, but I also have always loved singing. Um, so the question is not like, did I sing the right way or did I dance the right way? But what do you need to do in worship that makes you feel connected to God? Um, Worship is like a, it's like two pieces, right? You get the intellectual, um, you get the gospel preached to you, you, inter- you, you realize, okay, this is what happened. This is what God did for me. And then there's the second part of worship, which is letting that truth become internalized, having an emotional moment that lets the truth of the gospel get deep down into your heart. And I do that by yelling, by raising my hands, by like closing my eyes and doing all that stuff. But there are some people that that is not how they make that connection. That is not how they make that in, that internalization of that truth. So experiment and figure out what is. Um, also remember, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible to make a beautiful noise. Or it doesn't even say make a beautiful song unto the Lord. It says make a joyful noise. And if you're a, a little shy... <laughs> There's parts of the service where everyone is singing loudly. Mm -hmm. Give it a try. Push yourself a couple of Sundays and just be loud during the songs where everyone is being loud. No one can hear you except for God. And the other thing is there's people who are in the worship service that either are angry with God or have never really felt. They know like intellectually that God loves them, but they don't feel it in any meaningful way. And I've, I have kind of been there and that like, now that I know how I feel about my relationship with God, that I think of like back to the early time in church and I'm like, oh, I was just there and like learning, but I didn't feel it. Um, and to those people, I would say, be faithful. You keep coming back. You keep coming out back to worship and you're open to what God has for you. So just because you don't feel it in a strong emotional way, if you are open to making that connection and internalizing God's love um, he will do it through worship. You just have to be genuinely ready for it and genuinely willing to accept it. You are not limited to worship, worshiping through music in your sanctuary of your church either. Um, I was inspired by another podcast, uh, Let's Parent on Purpose. 
um, to bring worship into our household um, on a daily basis. Um, so we do a morning worship where I play a worship song and the kids and I like literally grab instruments and kind of like sometimes we run through the house to the song. Sometimes we get the microphone out and everybody has a chance to sing a part of the song. It's pretty wild. Um, it's very fun. The dog always hides in the back room. <laughs> so do you. No, that's not true. You've been kind of like trying to kind of jump in a little bit. And when I'm here, yeah. And the the other the reality is that works in our house. Um and I've started it with the kids really young. I know not everybody has compliant five-year-olds or younger kids that are just going to sing and dance with them. Um, but I think there's a way to worship through music in your home, even for people who aren't musical and even for kids that are too cool. If it's just a matter of um, playing worship music in the morning while you eat your breakfast mm-hmm. um, or singing Jesus loves me before you go to bed at night or um letting each kid like one night a week pick a worship song um, to play while everyone's like getting their pajamas on or something. It doesn't have to be like our kids' churches. It can be something that fits your family better. Um, If they are younger kids, maybe in the morning, say we're going to play, let's listen to a song and then give them permission say, jump, see how high you can jump, see how fast you can run, see how much noise you can make. Just get them into it and the first few times they'll probably be a little confused but once you give them permission to just go crazy in the living room in the morning that will help them get into it i think they'll start to and once it becomes a fun thing that you're doing with them um especially if they're young right that's so special that they will get into it and that takes us into our next segment so that came up we've been working with our oldest who is going through a phase of materialism being five okay, <laughs> and wanting stuff. We gave him, we didn't give him, he got the like toy catalog and he looked through it and here's a pin, mark the things you would like. And he marked literally everything in it, <laughs> including the things that were not for sale, but just happened to be physical objects <laughs> that were in pictures. There was like a, there was a picture of like a little girl and there were little like prop presence around her and he marked those two yeah this is the preface to we're working on people are more important than things if your brother takes your toy people are more important than things don't fight over it if something falls apart if something breaks it's okay no one got hurt people are more important so we were getting dressed in our pajamas the other day and little brother i think was trying to play catch with him, like through, because he didn't throw it hard and didn't look like it looked like he was throwing it to him, threw a rock and hit the older one in the face, like right in the face, right square in the lip, like the top lip, right on the teeth. Oh, it looked like it hurt. He's a pretty good sized rock. And he starts crying, and I made the little one sit down, and then I went over to the big one, Are you all right, buddy? And he goes, Levi threw a rock at me, and he might have broken it. <laughs> I think he broke my rock. And so we had a conversation about no, because he kept trying to look, check the rock, check the rock. And I was like, no, you're, you're more important than the rock. I need to make sure you're okay. I need to make sure you're healthy and safe. And you have all your teeth. Yes. And I did, I did the tooth check and he, he was fine. But I was like, before we check the rock, which is fine because it's a rock. (laughs) I need to make sure you're okay. And then I need to talk to your brother about throwing rocks at people because people are more important than things. We're still working on it. Still very worried about his rock. 
Okay. Press home. Lord, help us to understand and internalize what we're doing when we're worshiping you. Help us to make our worship about you. Help us to roll out the red carpet in a way that connects us to you and connects us to our church. And help us to inspire our kids to love you and to worship you through their whole lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos Pod at gmail.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.